All right. You guys both on? Yep, I'm here. Yay. Hi. Hello. Abram meets Seth. Seth meets Abram. Uh, Good to meet you virtually. Greetings, greetings. All right. Cue the music, Abram. Welcome to the Radical Bureaucrat, a podcast for people who want to change institutions from the inside. It is the afternoon of Wednesday, March 19th. We got the correct date today, right? Wait, no. The days are kind of... What's that? Wait, it's Thursday, isn't it? Isn't today Thursday? Am I crazy? I really did. I messed it up again. (laughs) It's Thursday. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, they do all blur together. I'm legitimately looking at a Google Doc right now where where Sam is rewriting (laughs) it as Thursday. Okay. So that tells you something Uh, about one take podcasts right there. Yeah, one take. So we got the the date now. um, and, And literally the days, well, they do feel like they're blending together. They so really if you do. were listening yesterday, you may have noticed that we said it was Tuesday. It wasn't. It was Wednesday. Yeah, Today's Thursday. We're on day four in New York City of feeling like the, the lockdown is fully in effect. And we're excited to speak to Seth Hanlon. Seth is a senior fellow at American Progress, where he focuses on federal tax and budget policy. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but there is such a thing as tax Twitter. And Seth is a beast on there. Wow. Uh, his, his insights on tax policy are sharp. I've seen them go viral. Uh, so, you know, he's the real deal. Um, just a little background on Seth. Prior to, re- to rejoining American Progress, he served as a special assistant to the president for economic policy at the White House National Economic Council, where he coordinated the Obama administration's tax policy. He's also served as a senior tax counsel for the House Budget Committee, Democratic staff, under former ranking member, Representative Chris Van Hollen, and as tax counsel for Senator Debbie Stabenow, a senior finance committee member, among other Capitol Hill roles. He was the director of fiscal reform during a prior stint at American Progress and an associate attorney at Kaplan and Drysdale Chartered. Uh, and he's testified before Congress. His work has been cited and featured in a whole slew of different places. And uh, he knows a lot about bureaucracy. Um, and full disclosure, Seth and I have known each other since we lived in the same freshman dorm. Um, our rooming groups had a bit of a friendly rivalry. We played a lot of basketball and other things together. Um, so it's great to talk to you, Seth. Welcome. Yeah, yeah welcome. It's great to, uh, great to talk to you, Sam and Avon. Uh, yeah. So we want to start by asking you, do you live in the district of columbia or you work so you live in district of columbia what like what part yep um i live in uh, northwest dc like up near uh tenley town american university okay and how are you and and what are things like in dc right now things are strange in dc right now i mean i think everyone is i mean i haven't really left my house or the you know immediate vicinity of my house for a while Mm -hmm. so um, things are very strange. I mean, I, like our neighborhood's very quiet. Um, we, I guess we went out to the grocery store a few days ago, which was, um, you know, people are there, but, you know, keeping a distance from each other. So it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think everyone is, um, you know, in, in the sort of policy think tank 
Blanc world is, um, you know, very much in kind of crisis, you know, emergency response mode. So people are working very hard, you know, working very hard and, um, and really focused on this crisis. And I think kind of, you know, energized by, by how bad it is and how much of a response is needed that we're Mm -hmm. not getting yet. So, um, you know, so everyone's sort of charged up at the same time that, um, things are kind of surreal and, and quiet. And do you have kids? I do. Yeah. I have three, I have three kids and they're, um, so they're 10, eight and four. Uh, yeah. And they go to our, our neighborhood school, which is uh, closed as of, um, last, I guess they went in last Friday, but, um, yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they moved up spring. Officially they moved up spring break to this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to start, um, distance learning next week so we're going to see i have no idea how that's going to work but we will see yeah that's exactly the same schedule new york is on and so what's that like in terms of um you know having the kids at home and and you still being in this intense workspace um pretty difficult um we're lucky we have an au pair uh, living Mm -hmm. with us um from argentina so she's you know it's I think it's, we're just extremely lucky to have somebody, you know, you know, who's here yeah. living with us who can help take care of the kids during the day. Um, my wife's a, um, has recently gone back to journalism, mm-hmm. um, and she's at, at Yahoo News now. So she's kind of working around the clock too. So, um, mm. we're hanging in. I mean, it's, it's definitely like we're trying to do things like in, you know, in the day to set, it, set aside some time for lunch and stuff where we, um, we all get together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. and I don't know, it's gone pretty well so far, but like it's gone pretty well so far, but I think like the cabin fever is, um, gonna kind of accumulate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little yeah. worried about that. Yeah. yeah. It's only day four. Yeah. I was just, so, I was just commenting on exactly this, uh, in, you know, in a place like New York city, also in a place like DC in the urban core, you know, people are really packed into spaces that aren't meant to hold so many people, so many hours of the day. And, and yeah, like, I think we, we need to slow down and, like, show each other grace around the house and pitch in. But at the same time, there's so much important stuff happening. And I really need to, wow, this work problem and these, you know, these things that, that people, people's lives are on the line, like, you know, holding both of those is, you know, it's, it's very stressful. Totally. And I, and I, I I mean, I, the people that, um, we're just so lucky with our, um, childcare situation, but the people that rely on their kids being at school, um, who now have to work from home. Totally different situation. I mean, you know, and then having, having kids at home too. I mean, obviously you can, you can do screen time, you know, but um, you don't want to, you don't want to go uh, overboard on that. So balancing that while working at the same time is like, and just, it's just uh superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or, or just the people who have three year olds, which is, I guess kind of almost, you said your youngest is four. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So getting just past that, but still that's an age where mm. gosh, so much attention is needed. I mean, I, I, I feel fortunate you know, because my kids are older. They're, they're not that old. They're 8 and 11. They still need a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But but even, you know, my sister's 
son is three and, and our neighbors downstairs have a four year old and, yeah. and like, that's a whole different level of, uh, childcare. <laughs> oh. Um, but listen, mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, well, well let's start with, with this question. What, what's an important challenge that you as an individual are facing today? And this could be about, uh, maybe it is the childcare thing or, or, um, or family, or maybe it's in terms of work, but what's like a challenge that you're up against today, Thursday? I think it is that things are moving, you know, so like I work sort of adjacent to the policy making world, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, but I, you know, not in, you know, not working for Congress or not working in the government, you know, so mm-hmm. we are on one hand, um, you know, so we're just, we're trying to influence, you know, like our sort of view our role is trying to influence, uh, policymakers. I mean, a few days ago, it was like, even just a few days ago, it was like, the challenge was like, wake up policymakers. Like this is a crisis, both public health and economically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it's like, yeah, we the, are Tucker, the Tucker to, Carlson um, thing kind of did that. I hear. Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't hear. Sorry. I said the Tucker Carlson thing kind of did that, didn't it? Right. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think problematic as it was difficult as it was to watch. I don't think I finished it, but, uh, yeah, that was kind of cited as an alarm bell. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I I do think that's right. I mean, maybe it's that, you know, Trump sees his political fate on the line. So he's all of a sudden realizing he needs to, um, belatedly, uh, start responding. But, um, you know, so, but, you know, I definitely felt a few days ago that, that, um, people, certainly people in Congress, the people that we talked to didn't grasp the magnitude of the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think they, are, I mean, now that you see pe- people being laid off and, and, um, and just cities, sh- you know, shuttered and I think, you, I think, yeah, I think that's not the problem. I think people do realize that, but, but still, you know, the magnitude of what needs to be done is enormous. And, um, and so we're trying to keep up, you know, sort of keep up with how fast things are going on Capitol Hill, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, and at the same time stay ahead of it, you know, try to stay ahead of it and 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 try to pull policymakers in the direction that they need to go. Hmm. At what point did your work start to change because of this crisis? Like, I think what for for everybody this kind of a before the crisis and, and then during right now, and then there'll be an after. Um, and of course there's a lot of movement in between, but, um, when did it start to change and, and how has it changed? Like what was work like before and, and what is it like now in comparison? I mean, I think it's been like the last two weeks. Um, I mean, there's definitely like people on our, like my colleagues who are on our health team, um, and our national security team that were, you know, focus that that's we're sort of focused on coronavirus and the the public health needs. Um, I mean, I think it's really been in the last two weeks that we um, you know started seeing an, uh, a really a an econ- you know an economic crisis on our hands that we need to respond to. So that's sort of when you know my work changed a lot. Um, you know, you know, we had been I've been working on a report on tax enforcement. I mean, we got it out last week, but, it, you know, some, some issues that are kind of like not particularly time, you know, they're always important, but not particularly 
timely right now. It's not a great look um, for that paper then, to come out this week, right? Yeah, it was like last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was last <laughs> week. I don't know if anybody read yeah. it, but it's okay. Um, uh, and then, um, and then, uh, and we were, and then we also have a project about, um, you know, Trump's economic record, which was, you know, focused on, I mean, it's just, everything's changed now, but, you know, yeah. it's focused on how yep. wages, you know, even before this crisis, wages were growing, weren't growing that fast. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and there was the, uh, you know, all the attacks on healthcare and all that. So, you know, we had a, so that was our, our project. It's on our 5124 side uh cap action um but now it's totally changed. i mean like that's just where it's just sort of radically changed and mm-hmm. with lack of response to the coronavirus crisis is kind of like dominating everything everything in that respect so so what's you know what should people know uh right now about what's happening in terms of um in as it relates to your work and i, I see you know on twitter today there's there's a lot of chatter about what the stimulus plan is going to be, you know, how are they going to infuse money into the economy and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. for us laymen, what, what should we know? So I think, um, you know, this is a crisis. We're trying to emphasize that like, this is a crisis that we haven't seen before. I mean, it's really like, um, you know, potentially bigger than the 2008 um, financial crisis, like we didn't did not have this kind of pullback in you know there was millions of people who were laid off then, but we didn't have like huge parts of the economy just shut down entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so, I mean, I think this is not something we've experienced in our lifetime. And so, I think we are um, you know trying to get the message out that we need a response economically. I mean, in addition to the public you know the public health crisis. Um, and getting testing and getting ventilators and all that, um, that we need a response that's like commensurate to the crisis, mm-hmm. um, which means yeah. like a package with, you know, going to have a price tag in like the trillions. Um, and we're trying to get the word out that like, you know, budget deficits are not the concern now. Um, mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be, you know, cabining ourselves on the fiscal price tag like, the, like we did in the last, you know, uh, in the last crisis, which made the um, recovery. Uh, slower. So I think, you know, in terms of what the stimulus needs to be, um, we put out a statement. I mean, people are talking about um, direct payments. I mean, I think Congress, there's members of Congress of both parties that are circling on that and the Trump administration as well. Um, so there's, I think there's going to be a lot of debate uh, and haggling in Congress about the form of those payments. Um and I think crucially, whether they go to everybody um, or whether there's some kind of income phase in, which I think would be totally ridiculous if it doesn't go to the people. Mm-hmm. Most what does that mean, an income phase in? I saw that today. So the, you know, some programs like our like their earned income tax credit or or other programs are have a uh, phase in. So so sort of for every dollar of earnings. Uh, or every dollar of income, but the, you know, your benefit increases. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so if your income is, um, $5,000, it's going to be more than if your income is zero and, you know, and then it goes, you know, it phases in up to a maximum amount of benefit. Oh, so they're actually proposing giving more money to people who make more money. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, so this is like, so, I mean, you know, so the reason for that, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, there's a lot of like, 
rethinking of this. But the reason for that, for the reason we have policies like that is to, you know, in theory to encourage or at least not discourage work. Mm-hmm. Um, but those arguments, I mean, like to the extent those arguments had any merit, like they're completely out the window now. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a crisis and people are getting laid off left and right. It's not like people need an incentive to go work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, so we're, we were a little shocked by that today. Um, but yeah, apparently the Senate Republicans are considering having an income season where people at the, with the lowest incomes, um, get a smaller payment than people above That's them just, on the income scale. That is so disgusting. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's totally bizarre. And it's also like, I don't even know how they're, I don't even know how that's feasible because you don't, people don't know what their incomes are going to be this year. And so you'd have to base it on last year's income. And, but that's, you know, people haven't filed. What if last year's income yet, was zero so. and this year's income is a hundred thousand. Yeah. That's tough. Right. Yeah, so, I also um, I also wonder uh, I also wonder a lot as as you're kind of talking about the mechanics of it here, um, how how people are making sense of the cost of living equation. So like historically, we've based the cost of living equation on multipliers of the food basket or whatever, but but now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the MIT living wage calculator, which gives us much better data about what it costs to live in our cities and counties and states. Um, and so in what ways are we uh, are we going to default to using an old expert-based method where somebody doesn't listen to MIT living wage calculator because they've got a uh, Cornell fellow that they whose framework they want to use? Right? Or are we going to try to use the best stuff that we have available to us? That's kind of what concerns me as we get into the technicals. Because somebody's going to get left out in the cold, and that story is going gonna, is gonna to spread. But like, how do we get the most to everyone who's going to be unemployed, laid off, um, furloughed, whatever else is coming down the pike? The economy is coming to a halt in a way it never has before, not yep. even in the Depression. Yeah, I, and I think so. I think there's no precise precision here. Right? Like we're not going to know what exactly these people's needs are, and so I think that just you know calls yeah. for doing everything we can. And if we do too much, that's fine. You know, that's, yeah, that's a failure fine. of precision clearly, is not a reason, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, don't, clearly, don't on a, clearly the, the enemy of the, the good, right, be, Sam? Sorry, you didn't come and through, Abram. I, I'm sorry. I don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Right, 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 yeah. right. Oh, absolutely. And, and err on the side of doing too much, not too little. Um, and I think there's a, there's another important issue here, which is like we're not very well set up to get people cash very quickly. Um, we have some prog- you know we have some programs that can. I mean, so you know, Social Security um, has you know b- basically makes direct deposits mostly direct deposits and, and send, send some checks to, you know, all seniors and people on social security disability. So that's like a large share of the population where we can, we do have the sort of pipes to deliver cash to people. Um, and then there's, you know, SNAP is another, in nutrition assistance is another, another um, pipeline that we can use. Um, but then, then there's a lot of like, I, there's a lot of, um, 
people that are not on SNAP, you know, and don't have a kind of, and or, or who are unbanked and sort of don't have a financial channel to the, like directly to the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think that's a big challenge. So, so anyway, so there's a lot of brain power going into exactly what's the fastest way to get cash to, to the people that are going to be the most um, desperately in need of it. And, it. and I think, so part of it is like, we should just be, part of it is just forbearance. You know, we should stop payment, like we should student loan payments, right? Like if there's um, student, we, should, we need to stop evictions and foreclosures so that, um, you know, and, and call on landlords and to the extent that gov- governments can do it directly forbear um, rent payments, right? So, um, and, and student loan payments. So that, go ahead, sorry. And debts. Not, so student loan payments is one type of debt but there's other types of right. debt that can also be targeted. Almost, almost certainly, some kind of housing subsidy will program will be issued, right? So, and then that falls, uh, that benefits landowners, right? So, yeah, debts. Additionally, debts, right? Uh, debt. Yeah, I mean, credit card debt. I mean, I think to the and to the extent these the financial institutions are going to, you know taking advantage of the emergency mm. response. I mean, I think there needs to be conditions on, you know, penalties or, you know, uh, having a moratorium on, on penalty, you know, late penalties or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so, so, I mean, there's a million different channels like this where the government should be, um, pressing on private institutions and then doing what it can to just have a moratorium on, on, um, on payments. Um, but, but, you know, but part of that just pushes the problem up, up, right? So like, so you need, you're going to need, um, a lending facility for small businesses and mid-sized businesses, uh, so that they, they don't go under also. Um, well, and then but, yeah. I, I have two, two questions that you, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of back up from this, like, I, I want to go back to something you said before, which is that. The people in Congress were not taking this seriously a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of get that. Like, I can remember a week ago, like, the difference between Monday and Wednesday and Friday. And they all <laughs> felt very different. Yeah. And yeah. on Monday, like, uh-huh. we were still scheduling appointments for her that we thought we might have. You yep. know, whereas by uh, Wednesday, we were all kind of panicking and by Friday it was like, I'm pretty sure schools are going to be closed. Um, but at the same time, like this is Congress. And so I'm just kind of, I'm, I, I can kind of relate, but I'm also kind of shocked by that. Like what, can you just explain that to me? Like how, how were they not taking it seriously? What was happening? I, I don't know. I mean, part human psychology, I think part of it is like, there's just like, Maybe until recently, in Tucker, you know, the Tucker Carlson thing, there was like a canteen of disinformation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You know, and, and I think wait, wait, you know, people campaign, take cues from that. A campaign of misinformation? I hadn't heard that story. Well, that's what well, Trump was doing. doing. Yeah, Trump <laughs> calling it a hoax. I mean, he, you know, he's saying this is a hoax, oh, and it's going to be fine, and we only have fifteen people, and we're we're taking care of it, right? Like, and I think. Yeah. That just that channel of Fox News and um, right wing media was projecting um, 
and even just today, like today, the governor of Texas, like just a couple hours ago, finally closed the bar, you know, bars and restaurants and put a mm. limit on public gathering. But he Texas. was, you know, it's just sort of like there was kind of a spiteful attitude that we're, you know, we're we're Texans. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Texas listen, America, I love like, it. I, I have so much love for Texas and the history and the people. Yeah. But but that's what it is. We're Texas. We don't shut down. We're not yeah. scared. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, well, there have been a lot of stories, too, just about how people in, in red states or, you know, who are Republicans have um, have a completely different lens on this, right? And, and uh, we've seen that. During the Obama presidency, the difference between the left and the right and how they perceive reality and, and what's happening now. And it has so much to do with mm-hmm. who we trust and what media we watch. Right. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Um, but uh, I also just wanted to ask you, Seth, I, I've been starting to think a lot about the historical parallel to the Great Depression um, in terms of mm-hmm. what we're going to see and what the response is. Oh, boy. And I wonder. Pack the wagon. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Want, Calm right. down, everyone. Take I, a breath. Take a breath. It's okay. We're gonna. Be I okay. wonder. Uh, I wonder if you're thinking of things in those terms, and, and if you feel like there's there are lessons from there, or if that's not really a good uh, um, place to look to compare to today. I mean, I think it is. It is a good place to look in terms of like what could happen. Um, I mean, I think. That um, I mean, in many ways, it's wor- like you know, in many ways, it's worse. Like the, mm-hmm. we didn't have such a sudden shutdown. I mean, in the mm-hmm. depre- I mean, maybe you know, d- the depression. I think unemployment levels hit twenty or twenty five percent. So we might not get to that level, but in terms of the speed that this is happening, um, mm-hmm. it's much faster than anything we've seen before. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm a little um, optimistic that we've like the whole policy making and economics community <laughs> has a better handle on how to like how to respond to something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we, and I think they, you know, it's like in, in even in 2008, 2009, you know, lots of mistakes, but they did prevent, you know, we didn't go into a great depression mm-hmm. and, and that was, you know, with a lot of resistance to doing anything, Mm-hmm. But, you know, we pulled through in a highly, highly imperfect way, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, pulled through. And then, so this, I think, like, I don't know, I, I think you also have, like, a coming together of across party lines a little bit out of convenience because I think Democrats and progressives um, get it, you know, and it's like we're just sort of, like, by nature um, going to... Um, you know, advocate for a forceful government response. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the Republican and conservative side, you know, I think they see their, you know, it's like very different than things than when President Obama was in. Um, but now they see their political interests being aligned with like doing something so that we don't have a, um, a sharp collapse in an election year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Seth, I mean, so that's um, a good, you know, that's like the, yeah. that's the glimmer, glimmer right. of hope is that I, I do think like both part, like at this point, both part, both parties are like kind of going big. And I think like, you know, yep. inst- instead of the Republicans being scorched to earth, the opposition, like they were, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you don't see the Democrats doing that now. Yeah. 
Um, and so hopefully that allows for a healthy, you know, a more robust response. I mean, I would much rather have Obama as president right now to deal with this crisis, but it scares me to think about what the Republicans would be acting like if he were president. Um, yeah, it's true. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, Seth, we, um, we really learned a lot from this call, and we, we want to keep it brief, but um, could we uh, hit you up in the future maybe if, uh, for an update? Yeah, maybe if you have something you want folks to hear in, uh, in our circles or rally behind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in the like in the next like going forward, I think the next phase of um, you know they're talking about this phase three um, response, which is you know phase two was the bill they passed uh, last night, I guess it was um, about or the night before about um, you know they had paid yep. leave and uh-huh. unemployment insurance and a bunch of other things. Um, now, phase three is, I think, is like the really big economic recovery uh, response. And, um, and and I think just, like, the most important thing is getting cash through every possible mm-hmm. channel to the people who need it most. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, not, it's not hard. It's not, it's not um, easy, and it's the type of thing that the Republicans are going to resist. So I think, you also, know, we need consumption. the idea of, like, you know, we need consumption in an economy. Right. If we don't, if we starve ourselves of cash and consumption now, we will regret it. We will regret yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're focused on business failures, like you need to put money in the pockets of consumers. Yep. Yeah. While you're also, you know, spending who are business. also business owners, right? Self-employed totally. consumers, right? Who won't, who probably won't get credit in whatever thing, right? Because that's how self-employment yep. always works in America. So, so yeah, it's it's a complicated mess, but at least we know we've got some time working from home to figure it out. <laughs> Listen, Seth, we're glad you're working on it, and we, we so want to ask Seth. you. Thank you. Um, yeah, the last thing we we like to ask our guests right now is just what's one thing that's bringing you a sense of calm in the midst of all this. I mean, I think it's like you know, it's kind of nice to be home with family. I think mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and. and um, and then also just like, it's a, it's a, you know, I'm kind of prompted to do video chats, chats with like my brother and, mm-hmm. um, and my mom and others, you know, and to get in touch with, uh, mm-hmm. his old college friends, you know? So, yeah. um, so, yeah. you know, I think that's, I think that's kind of like, it sort of jolted us out of our, uh, out of our, our inertia where we don't, we kind of just like are, you know, uh, just in the routine and don't, and don't reach out to people. So, yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Well, he's Seth Hanlon at Seth Hanlon. Seth, I will continue to be in touch with you, and maybe we'll have you on again. And um, if there's anything else that we should look for, like like Abram was saying, mm-hmm. um, is there any other than your Twitter handle? Is there uh, any place that people should look for your work? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the American Progress website. So it's just. Um, AmericanProgress.org, and we have a there's a coronavirus um, tag, you know, and uh, it, it has all the all of the different work that our organizations are doing, you know, from healthcare to the national security aspects to um, the anti-poverty aspects, and and so um, there's just a whole lot of work and resources there. So mm-hmm. um, 
people can check that out. That's great. All right, you're doing good work. Thanks so much, Seth. We're glad you're working on it. And All right, take care. And take care of your family. Okay, you too. Okay, great talking. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Bye. Abram. Yeah, this is where I should do the music, huh? So quick witted. Alas, I admit it. I bet you were quite a lawyer. My defendants got acquitted. Yeah. Well, someone ought to remind you. What? You're nothing without Washington behind you. Hamilton. Daddy's calling. <laughs> the issue on the table. All right. So let's uh, Hamilton. End. Yeah. So you got the rights to that song, right, April? <laughs> no, I, good, right? I most certainly did not. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna categorize this as fair use. It's part of a much larger work uh, that is a mosaic of uh, things that we love, like Lin Manuel Miranda, who I will shout out. I think uh, if we ever go viral, because right now he won't see my tweets. Right. Um. All right. Let's end like good radicals. David. Yeah. So let's end like good radicals. I was just gonna say that. What's one thing, Sam, that you <laughs> learned? <laughs> What's one thing, Sam, that you learned today? that you can use to create a more just and equitable world? Uh, well, I'm a little smarter for having talked to Seth and learned about this stuff. Um, I mean, we, we went from the personal to the weeds to the historical. So there was a lot going on in that call. Um, the thing that blew me away you know, I will never cease to be amazed by, um, I mean, I just hate to say it, but just some of the right-wing economic policy. And so hmm. when he said that, uh, that that what people are floating is, I forget even the term for it, but um, phasing in these, uh, re whatever the cash Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a sliding scale, like some kind of sliding scale with a cap. Yeah, yeah, because um, it should be the opposite, right? It should be the less you have, the more we're going to give you at this point, you know, because well, people are going to starve to death and not be able to pay their bills yeah, and, minimum, and be out on the street. A universal basic income, a basic mm -hmm. cost of living, according to the MIT wage calculator, it's not that hard. Like, just mm -hmm. give people what they need to survive so that they don't have to fight each other for their bread. And then let them mm -hmm. figure out what they want to work on. Mm -hmm. Gosh, like, yeah. people are brilliant and creative. Let them figure it out. Don't feel like you yeah. have to force them to the plow in order to keep them working. Yeah. So I, I just hope we get to something like that. Is there anything else you learned today, from that you can use to create a more just and equitable world? Oh, a few different things. Um, but, but the thing I'm really sitting with uh, and the thing that I'm trying to just hold in my mind as much as possible um, is that we really need to legitimize people being at home with their children and accomplishing mm. what they can. Because, listen, we have some smart, ambitious people in this country, many of whom are sacrificing day and night to, to do one or another piece of an extremely complicated uh, puzzle that is governance and holding government accountable. Um, and, like, you know, I, 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 I loved what he said about having lunch with the family every day. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Shame on yeah. us if we do not find the time to eat together as a family because right. something more important at this time when we're all locked in together because something else more important took us away. What You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. And sometimes I don't want to have lunch with Lisa because she hurt my feelings or I hurt hers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so like also you need to get your space. And you know what? Not everybody has anybody living with them. Some people are in isolation right now, true isolation. And they're going through mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, I, I wonder a lot about people who had just had a transition in relationships. You know, mm. kids who had, who had just transitioned from living with mom to living with dad. And we're going to go back and forth, but now are are stuck. Right? Mm-hmm. Or, or vice versa. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. many families are just having to like, <gasps> like hold their breath and wait to hear what's going to happen. And some of them are already hearing what's happening. Right? Already getting laid off. Already getting, you know, um, told not to, not to show up. Um, you know, d- people are having to tell their daycares like we did today. Uh, no, we're not going to hold our spot because we think this is going to be months and we're not sure mm-hmm. how it's all going to shake out after that. And so we can't afford to hold our spot. That's a luxury that we can't afford right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this is going to have such ripple effects. Refinance your home loans, everyone. Go do it um, because mm-hmm. we, this is going to be a doozy. Mm-hmm. All right. I just want to say that um, I, I said this to Naima uh, yesterday. We were talking, and she put the word therapeutic on on our 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 sessions here, our our podcast sessions. I'm just glad that to have this space. Like, I agree. Every day, as, as heavy as it is, um, just to mentally process. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I'm really, really glad we're doing this. I could uh, for as long as we more. have the bandwidth to do it. <clears throat> So let's end by being good bureaucrats. The views expressed here are personal opinions and do not reflect the official or unofficial position of any government agency, policy, party, leader, or really anyone besides the two of us, and maybe you, but maybe not. This content has not been sponsored or approved by anyone and was was mostly just made because we wanted an opportunity to talk about things that matter to everyone, whether they realize it or not. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Love you, Sam. Love you too, April.